trucking has a rich history and often you'll hear stories about the good old days. What some of these stories will not mention are the tedious tasks such as finding a payphone to call your dispatcher, manually signing and faxing bill of ladings, and attempting to find loads via a phone book or a billboard near a truck stop. I'm not joking folks, there were legit billboards for brokers trying to advertise loads and lanes. Luckily for us, the digital revolution is finally coming to trucking, and many of these tedious tasks are hopefully going to be a thing of the past. What happens now is the exciting part. We'll dive into how automation and AI-driven disruptions are coming to a driver near you in this episode of Loaded and Rolling. Welcome to Loaded and Rolling. I'm your host, Thomas Wasson, enterprise trucking carrier expert here at FreightWaves, and we're coming to you from our studio in Chattanooga, Tennessee. There's been a lot of press recently regarding automation and AI technology. Now, some argue it's heralding a new age, while others are just trying to make things less complicated. For trucking, there's plenty of room for improvement. Often, fleet managers and operations staff still rely on phone calls or text messages for manual tracking, with freight brokers preaching the gospel of 10 calls per hour or 100 calls per day, minimum, folks. The day-to-day in trucking can often feel like stepping back in time to the 1980s, but unfortunately without the witty writing or awesome soundtrack. Additionally, many fleets are still logging their loads in outdated Excel spreadsheets, with only a smaller, well-funded few able to afford or develop their own transportation management systems. There's big money in saving time, and freight tech companies are rushing into the space to work out solutions. Now, joining me to talk about some of the recent developments, as well as talk about the value of better workflow, is Avi Geller, the CEO and founder of Maven Machines. Maven Machines began back in 2014, and it is an IoT, or Internet of Things, platform that serves the transportation industry with real-time mobile cloud enterprise software. Prior to founding Maven, Avi held international roles with SAP and has an engineering degree from MIT and a MBA from Northwestern University. Avi, welcome to the show, sir. Hi, Thomas. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. It's a pleasure to have you on. And talking about looking at workflow as well. It's just kind of the beginning. You know, in your experience as you founded the company, how big of a deal has it turned out in terms of just understanding what is a good driver workflow and figuring out like where to even start? Yeah, that's um, that's a great topic. So we have put a lot of focus on that driver workflow, automating and optimizing that to the maximum. Um, we find that there's tremendous benefits to uh, our fleet customers if the drivers can have a simplified workflow where a lot of the data, as much as possible, sometimes all, is pre-populated from existing data, either in a TMS or other system, as well as data that we can uh, automatically calculate and deduce and provide for the driver, and really minimize the requirements of drivers to calculate things, figure out things, enter things correctly, as well as contextualize the workflow so that uh, the drivers are only presented with the information they need for their current loads, as well as only asked for what they need for their current loads. It minimizes mistakes. It minimizes time-wasted confusion, frustration. And this uh, ultimately is a huge value proposition for the fleets uh, running the system. 
And for a lot of these fleets, whenever you're working with them and trying to partner with them, uh, in your experience, are a lot of them still stuck in this old school, well, I'm just going to send him a text message, or I'm going to email him all of his bills, or I'm just going to put this in Excel. Is that something you've come across uh, based on uh, you know size, or is it uh, you know kind of what, what's yeah. been your experience with the technology they have right now before they start working with you? Yeah, that's exactly right. There's, uh, and we've seen it on the largest fleets and the smallest fleets where the fleet managers are making hundreds of calls a day, um, text messages, uh, struggling to know where uh, a tractor is, a driver is, even is, is the tractor under load or not. They don't even really know it was, was a load picked up and, or not, what's a maintenance situation. Um, we see it all day, every day across every kind of fleet and every trucking segment. Uh, where things are done like in the 80s, like you said earlier on, um, and they're not benefiting from the, the, you know, the, the technology that's available for things to be automated, for data to be updated in real time automatically, and basically provide the right information for the right person at the right time to only deal with the exceptions that uh, the true experts of drivers and managers need to deal with. And from your experience, once they start automating, is this a process that, uh, you know, does it take time? Are the savings immediate? Or are you having to almost like inform and change a culture that gets used to this uh, old school analog way? Yeah, I mean, it's almost immediate. Um, I think the biggest hurdle is before you deploy, before you make a change in in the concern uh, amongst uh, the drivers and managers about their day-to-day life is going to change. Um, but then once, once that workflow is in the driver's hand, is in the fleet manager's hands, and everyone realizes how simple it is, how guided it is, how uh, error-proof it is, and the benefits of the data at their fingerprints in the simplified way of life, um, it's within a couple of days they, they realize uh, the tremendous benefit of it. And digging in, like, looking at examples of automated workflow, I've, from my experience at large carriers, sometimes they literally just have to manually go through the ELD, put in types of macros. You know, is there something to where you can automate even when they arrive, automate the check-in or automate when they're loaded out? Is there, what does it look like whenever we start implementing AI and automation into their day-to-day? Yeah, so you're automating, uh, you can automate dispatch. So as soon as a driver completes one load, uh, you've already teed up the next. It goes right to them. Um, you automate all the all the data that's being filled in. You use geofence uh, technologies to automate arrival departure times, uh, and you store both when the, the the truck arrived and departed the location, as well as uh, the time and location of the drivers entering data. So you know exactly where everything was done. You're leveraging our our integrated ELD. That, Built from the ground up into all of it, so you're taking into account HOS uh, information, uh, equipment information, you know, tractor trailer constraints, hazardous materials, um, all kinds of constraints um, automatically into the planning process. Um, so, so there's a lot less uh, thinking and a lot less room for for mistakes uh, for the management for the drivers. Well, I think there's got to be an opportunity for using that data. I remember dwell times. We'd look at geofences at a location. It'd be maybe like two hours, three hours, four hours. Having that kind of, as you get more folks on the platform and aggregating that data, is that kind of like the next step as well in terms of how to help the automation machine learning? Because now you know this one facility is an hour and a half or this other one's four hours. Yeah. Yeah, so that's exactly. We're using historical data to, to train the system. Um, so dwell time or detention time, 
um, specific driver performance, um, time of day, day of week, uh, season of the year. They all influence um, the predictive nature of, of what's going to take place. Um, and increasingly, you know, feeding the model with more and more of the, this information for planning purposes and, and estimating arrival times and other other metrics. Automated planning, is that something that kind of is the next frontier? I remember a little bit uh, from my experience with the, the variant program. They were trying to do this automated stuff and figure it out. But the biggest challenge was trying to get the software to do the math correctly, to do the hours of service, to calculate the transit. Is that kind of like one of the holy grails in terms of automating for fleets, is if you figure out how to use all that geolocation data and then make appropriate plans based on what you have? Yeah, and that's the direction we're moving very rapidly. So there's hours of service, and you take your 10-hour break, your 34-hour restart, your 30-minute breaks, um, and there's different, all kinds of different variations with split sleeper berths, and, and, and some, sometimes you can be exempt from the 30-minute break. Um, different states might have different rules that will influence things. Um, we also take into account the fuel situation in the tractor um, and a fuel plan. That takes time, uh, anticipating fuel stops. Um, taking into account loading time, unloading time, pre-trip, post-trip inspections, uh, of course, traffic and weather possibilities. Um, the goal is to feed all of the data of the real world into the system. It's never been done before and, and get to a level of predictability that, that we haven't ever been able to do. And that's the direction we're moving in. Well, that's what's exciting to see. How big of a deal has it been now with the fuel routing and the optimize, optimization? Because now with fuel prices literally about double compared to, you know, a, a year prior yeah. minimum. Is that something that, you know, you're having to put more attention into or are people just finally paying attention to? Um, people are paying attention to it a lot more. We've always, we've had it for a while. Um, and what we do is focus on the drivers being compliant with a fuel plan. Um, so we'll partner with fuel plan providers and they'll create a plan for a driver going from you know New York to LA with all the fuel stops along the way. But if you don't automatically direct the driver to the right place with instructions on how many gallons uh, to fill, they simply won't uh, abide by the plan and then you're losing all the benefits. So we've, we've, we've implemented that uh, over the years and it, it's paying off really well for our fleets. That's interesting to think about just because, so some instances the fuel router will say, don't fill up a full tank here, only fill up a little bit, then go yep. further down the road. Exactly. So there, there's very often it'll say, stop at this location and maybe only put in 20 gallons um, and then drive another 50 miles um, and, and, and then fill up 200 or 300 gallons. That kind of blows my mind. I didn't even think about, I, I guess there's such a variation in location and savings that, uh, you know, for, for a lot of drivers, I'm assuming they just get confused. Like even my old startup, we just fuel all in one spot. But uh, there's a lot of hidden savings, I'm assuming, based on knowing when to stop and then where to route, because I'm assuming state differences even. Exactly. And, you know, you cross from one state into another and you, and you could save 10% on your fuel cost. Um, but maybe you need a few gallons to get there. Um, and, and that's where those fuel plans uh, take that into account. What we do want to make sure as we, as we get more sophisticated is, well, there's a trade-off. You're, you're going to save money on fuel, but what about the time it takes to stop twice instead of once? Can you be on time and hit your, hit your um, appointment windows? You know, there's other variables at stake and, uh, to come up with the proper solution. 
And digging into a little bit of your background and experience, I know you came from SAP, the big enterprise space. I think I used SAS back in the day for my uh, schooling, but they're quotable back in 2020. So you said the industry ran its communication via phone calls or text messages. A lot of the knowledge was tribal, existing in the minds of planners, dispatchers, and managers. And so looking into that, um, even from 2020, do you think it's gotten a little bit better trying to spread this tribal, you know, in, internal data outwards with AI and automation, or is it still a big challenge just to find the right people to ask the right questions? Yeah, I think it's going in the right direction, but it's still early days in really leveraging the available technologies out there and, and companies like Maven developing it properly to be used um, efficiently. Um, we do see less phone calls and off-the-record off Excel spreadsheets or sticky notes. Um, we're seeing more in the systems, uh, but we still do see a, a lot of text messages, phone calls, and, and other files and, and whiteboards and such being used where really the data of what's happening in, you know, out in the field is not captured in the system as well as it needs to be. Um, so that there's, we're moving in the right, in the right direction, but there's uh, there's a lot more, uh, you know, a long way to go still. Definitely. And looking at it, you know, comparatively speaking, looking at how we have, uh, you know, SAP programs for businesses, it, from your experience starting in 14, uh, is it just something where trucking has been more difficult to penetrate or is it because the margins or what are some of the challenges trying to bring, you know, the, this, this technological solution to something as uh, crazily chaotic and dispersed as the trucking industry? Yeah, I mean, it's been a challenge and, uh, and enjoyable as well. I mean, it's a phenomenal industry. I've enjoyed the last eight years really uh, getting into it uh, in a meaningful way. Um, I've learned a lot. I've met some tremendous people. Um, I would say, you know, some of the bigger challenges is, is what we provide is mission critical for our customers. They're running their operation on it. The drivers, outside of driving the truck and loading and unloading freight, everything they do is in our software um, the, their managers, everything they do is in our software. Um, so we, one, we need to get it right. Um, two, you know, the, the quantity of features and unique for every operation, the flexibility of the system, um, you have to get it just right so they can run the operation. Um, because again, it is truly mission critical. Um, and therefore to get a, uh, you know, a fleet to make that decision, uh, and, and go ahead and, and implement the system. Even if they're, it's a, a slam dunk ROI value proposition, um, it's still you're dealing with change management and, uh, and, and people um, and, and just getting everybody comfortable and making sure that uh, it's a smooth transition is something we put a lot of focus on. Thinking of change management, in your experience, I know it said on the website, 300 fleets, including 1,000 plus truck fleets. Is there kind of like a, a difference in so by size, how they approach this? Like are smaller carriers uh, easier to work with or are larger carriers harder due to change management? Because uh, a lot of our reporting, there's almost two different worlds. You have large fleets and small fleets. Have you experienced any difference in how they even like run their business from working with them? Yeah, I mean, there are differences, you know, but in... In some ways, a larger fleet is almost uh, often a collection of smaller fleets, and, and they're, they're, you know, they have a corporate that, that groups it all together. But when you get down to individual fleet managers, you know, it, it, a small fleet might have one fleet manager, and a large fleet might have 100. Um, but each fleet manager is managing roughly the same amount of drivers, tractors, and, and uh, business. Um, so you know, we, you know, what, what's a, one thing that we're really good at is, is that we can 
we can service the small fleet's needs very well on an individual basis. And then, but also we provide that enterprise layer of uh, reporting and management for a large fleet that's managing, uh, you know, a hundred or plus uh, uh, fleet managers and thousands of, uh, of drivers and tractors and loads. Um, so the, the difference is really that kind of collection of, uh, of the scope of the business. I felt that way even in a large fleet. You had regional, you had some team expedited yep. and other ones. But I wonder if given from uh, using technology and automation, does that allow, uh, there's two different ways of looking at it. Like when I started, I had 55 trucks uh, as a manager at a large care and at a small care I had maybe five to 10. You know, does that kind of allow you to take on more trucks or does it allow you to pay more attention to fewer ones? Have there been any cool insights in terms of how they're using the yeah. software? Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's certainly an element of taking on more trucks, but what we find is the true benefit is even with the same number of trucks if, um, is a lot of the day-to-day mundane tasks, maybe a, a hundred phone calls you have to make, or if a fleet manager comes in in the morning and the first thing they want to do is check on the status of their drivers, did they arrive last night where they were supposed to, did they leave this morning on time to get where they're going, what's their HOS status, are they under load? How does everything look uh, before a system like ours? I mean, that could take an hour, two hours, and now it's down at a glance. You have an idea, of, you know, a clear picture of everything that's going on. So that frees up the fleet manager's kind of mental time to focus on exceptions and management that really require the kind of you know, human creative ability. So you're automating away all the, all the things that can be automated on a simple level that take up all their time. And now they can really solve problems uh, that, that will benefit the company uh, in a meaningful way. And is that a big part of the platform? I know you guys have the planning, you have a fleet management. Is that where you also tie in maintenance as well as your compliance? And then you kind of put it all together in a dashboard, right? Just to be able to look at the status at a glance. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and some of that is screens that we provide like a dashboard and visibility. And some of it is through integrations to maintenance systems and other systems where they're benefiting from our real-time data um, for those folks, uh, you know, who really specialize in certain areas of the of the business like that. And looking at, you guys recently did a partnership with uh, McLeod. I think it was back in 21. So yep. maybe semi-recent, a minute ago, so to speak. But is that kind of where uh, our partnership's also the way to go via API integrations? Because it feels like looking at the field, even for TMSs and platforms, there's almost like hundreds of different ones. Uh, even with the digital brokers, their boards are various. Is that kind of one of those ways where the value comes in, not only what you're working on, but trying to figure out how to simplify these API integrations? Yeah, so we, we put a lot of effort into our APIs that we make available to every third party, as well as how, how we leverage APIs that other partners of ours have. Um, so yes, we're we're a, a really great partner uh, with McLeod, with TMW, with uh, with a, a you know a long list of uh, of providers in the market, um, and uh, and again the data that we provide um, is really it's, it's top notch. It's very rich. A lot of the larger fleets who who have the benefit of an internal IT team that that can really uh, develop some technology on their own um, really benefit from the data that we provide. Uh, for their own internal metrics, reporting, analytics, uh, and operations uh, in their systems as well. Thinking of which data to use, I remember sometimes it was always a battle between revenue per truck per week, overall rate per mile, how many revenue miles in your band. 
based on your experience and feedback, is there any like key indicators that these customers are looking at most when they're trying to figure out, hey, am I doing this right? Yeah, so the, the metrics you mentioned are definitely still relevant. There's percentage uh, utilization of the fleet on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. Um, you know, capacity utilization, kind of miles under load. Um, and uh, just, you know, they want to basically, you know, the, the assets are expensive for asset-based carriers, of course. Driver's time is valuable. Uh, let's keep let's keep the wheels moving. Um, and, and a number of different metrics kind of revolving around that. And I was thinking of like looking into the future, switching gears a little bit. What are some cool things y'all are working on or what are you really excited about in the next, uh, you know, coming one to five years, so to speak, that we're working on? Because it feels like we're starting to see a lot of these developments, but then the deployment and mainstream effect. Uh, is there anything that uh, you're keeping an eye on? Yeah, I mean, there's a number of things. Um, uh, so the whole driver shortage, driver retention issue is a, is, a, is a huge topic. We talked about the experience of the drivers to make sure that they are as successful as possible um, in driving the truck. And, and sometimes that means the technology is actually out of the way. It should be very simple, as many things automated as possible. Um, and we're going to keep moving that way. Um, the dispatching side of things, um, so really automating dispatch, um, or at least automating the available options to planners and dispatchers uh, as much as possible. So a vast majority of the decisions on which, which driver is going to get which load will be computer generated, um, and it'll be significantly faster and, and better decisions uh, than what was done, what was possible before, leaving the more complex planning uh, to the to the planners and dispatchers to take care of. I think that's a huge area of benefit that uh, will, will aid the entire industry. And then looking into that, even with the platform, we talked about earlier about the APIs. For many fleets, they have their own customers. So they're customer routed, they get X amount of loads per week uh, tendered to them. Uh, is there opportunity in terms of partnering uh, with brokers to find uh, backhauls, or is that something still that the fleets are just going to have to figure out? Because it's always curious about, you know, when do you want to optimize your internal one, and then when maybe do you want to start going on the market and either automatically post your truck up to TMW or, you know, do something like that? Yeah, so there's huge opportunity for that. Um, and it depends on the specific nature of the contracts and arrangements with dedicated operations. But, you know, if it's allowed, I mean, absolutely, it's all about visibility. If, uh, if it's all real time and you need visibility, including HOS time and other, other anticipated um, time constraints, um, that if you can get those backhauls, you can change the economics of your business dramatically. Um, and doing that through an automated, you know, an integration to, to load boards or other systems can be really beneficial for the fleets. And are you all currently focused on truckload, or I think it also mentioned LTL truckload parcel fuel? Um, is it yeah. kind of a one-stop fits all with the, the enterprise level solutions, or is it specialized in certain areas? What are some of the offerings y'all are doing? Yeah, so we're we're across the board. Um, we have a number of leading LTL companies that run in our system, truckload companies, um, increasingly getting into parcel final mile with uh, the route uh, automated route planning. Uh, a very rich pickup and delivery experience uh, for final mile type drivers and LTL P&D drivers um, and in uh, all kinds of truckload operations uh, from dedicated, expedited, specialized, um, flatbed, liquid bulk, um, you know, really having tailored uh, workflows, flexible workflows uh, unique to your operations um, has been really um, exciting uh, for, for fleets uh, that are benefiting from it.
is that kind of looking at the richness of the final mile. I know we're talking about with a lot of folks, they're looking at automating the middle mile approach. And so you kind of have like a hub and spoke method. Are there any specific challenges that you'd have to adjust to be able to accommodate, you know, in the future autonomous trucks? Or is it just a matter of, well, I'm just replacing an asset with another asset and you continue optimizing it? Yeah, so I mean, autonomous trucks is, is really exciting. Um, it's going to happen. It's, it's still unclear exactly how it's going to happen and, and, and what the model will be, platooning or, or other models, you know, kind of remote control. There's different, you know, we'll see, but it's certainly going to happen. And really, the more sophisticated the trucks get, the more sophisticated of a fleet management system that you need uh, to manage a fleet of trucks, to dispatch them. Um, I think the driver is always going to be, this is my personal opinion, the driver is always going to be an integral part of, of the experience, whether a driver is always in the cab or controlling remotely or visible. So making sure that uh, that, you know, that, that person in charge um, has what they need uh, to control the vehicle, manage the vehicle, whether they're literally hands at the wheel or, or, or not, but still in charge of the vehicle. And again, the planners and dispatchers who are managing this fleet uh, you, you, if they're autonomous, you really need, uh, extremely good visibility and you want to leverage, uh, an autonomous fleet, you know, with the, as tight turnarounds and highest capacity utilization, best performing fleet. So there's lots of opportunity there. I'm very excited. And I really appreciate you coming on the show as well, just to talk about some of this, uh, folks want to find you, uh, mavenmachines.com or do you prefer them to reach out via LinkedIn? Um, either way. Um, go through our website um, or LinkedIn um, or email. Um, but yeah, Thomas, thank you for having me on the show. It's great to be here. Absolute pleasure. And uh, definitely going to keep an eye on the developments as as you guys continue to roll out more stuff. Uh, that's it for today for the show. Join us, though, every Tuesday at 1 p.m. It's the new time, new place. Also find us on Apple or Spotify. I'm Thomas Watson. We're signing off.